BDK, and I'm joined today by Joe Fo, Slim Ricky. <laughs> What's my name? Slim Ricky. Okay. And Kitty Cats. What up? <laughs> Kitty Cats. So, um, what's BDK? All, BDK. Uh, well, that's, I was thinking that, Bind, Torture, Kill. <laughs> no, no, it's just an old nickname. It came about when we used to play poker a lot. And okay. um, sometimes when you lay down a big bet, they, they call it big dicking. Ah, uh, um, okay. Gotcha. BDK. <laughs> so, uh, Slim Ricky, since it's your first time on the podcast, let me start with you. What What are your thoughts, feelings, emotions coming after that game yesterday? I uh, I did not watch that game, actually. Is that a problem? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Uh, I just watched the highlights on YouTube. Okay. I just watched the YouTube highlights. It's probably the first game I missed in like, uh, I don't know, a long, many years, but uh, I was, I was driving back from DC. Um, so I missed it. Mm. (laughs) I listened to the end on the radio and my, I feel like, um, they sounded bad. I feel like they're not a good team. I feel like they are bad (laughs) and that they have gotten worse. That's a hot take. They suck, and um, all Bengals fans should stop going to the games, even though you can't go to the games, or stop buying merchandise, just stop supporting the team. Just they're trash. I'm so down on the Bengals right now. I think this is the most down on them I've been since before Marvin Lewis. Um, wow. But, uh, I mean, I don't You're know. You're full-on boycott mode. Sounds I like. just feel bad. I just feel like Joe Burrow's going to come back and like, how do we know he's not just going to get hurt again in some other horrible way, different injury? Like, they just seem terrible without him. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well, you're uh, you're probably right. Ford, what do you think? You watched the game, right? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I mean, I watched the game. And yeah, I mean, we can talk about takeaways that were positive, you know, but I mean... Yeah, no, I agree with Rick strongly. My saddest moment has been 2015. That's when I swore him off. I was like, I won't watch this anymore. I can't be in so many great things and then just be stripped of them so embarrassingly. Yeah. And I can't just, I can't keep just reinvesting. You know, it's really difficult. And Burrow is just another, Burrow is, is like as difficult as that was to see. It wasn't even fucking surprising, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we shouldn't be talking about Burrow, I guess, because we, you know, we we crossed that bridge last week. But these um, things take time to settle in, and you know, we've had another week to kind of yeah. let it marinate. And I do like, I, mean, I really, I, I like, I like bringing it right down to um, the depression of being a Bengals fan right off the bat on this episode, because <laughs> that's the truth of this goddamn podcast. You know, what I mean, that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, whatever. What am I talking about? I'll, I'll continue to watch him. It doesn't matter. That's the point also. You just watch him. Well, I mean, so for the record, since we're talking about boycotting, um, after that 2015 playoff loss to the Steelers, I I did boycott the NFL primarily, but it also ended up being the Bengals too. I, I was really frustrated by a lot of the things that happened in that game. 
Pittsburgh Steelers coaches pulling Bengals players' hair, uh, going yeah. out onto the field and not being penalized. Um, the the way that you know hits to the head were not called equally. Gio Bernard was like probably literally almost died in that game, and there was no penalty. And then when the it's on the other side uh, for the Bengals, we get penalized for it. Steelers players catching balls in the end zone with their loins and it counts as a catch. It's just like, I was like, this sport is just effed. But three years later, I realized that my boycott means nothing. It, it, it means nothing because um, the owners are still going to make their money. You know, nobody cares that I'm boycotting. Uh-huh. It's not going to affect other Bengals fans. So here I am making a podcast about them. <laughs> Let me ask uh, Kitty Cats, before we lose you again, heading into this game against the Giants, <laughs> Were you only thinking about the draft? No, I was thinking about how much money I was going to make when the Bengals didn't cover, and then they did. Oh, <laughs> wow! So you had money riding on this game? Yeah, I had a little piece, little piece <laughs> of cash riding on that, and then they scored that touchdown at the end, and I was not happy. Oh, what was the line? Five and a half. Oh wow! Oh, oh wow! Sucks oh, wow. to be okay. you. Just one more wound to that tiger. They can't even lose right. <laughs> they almost won. Yeah. Paige did not almost win. Well, <laughs> you weren't going to win. I was like, and then they lost in Bengals fashion. That was great. Yeah. They were never going to win, but they almost won. Yeah. What, yeah. what about you, Slim Rick? Were you only thinking about the draft? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, I say I'm going to, everyone should boycott them, but I mean, I still Google them every morning when I wake up just to see what the newest articles are. Uh, yeah, I'm just all in on the draft on this guy, uh, the O-lineman from uh, Oregon. What's his Oregon. name? Pu-pu-pu-pu-pu-way? Penny. Penny. Yeah, I'm all in on him. He's just yeah. – he's he's my new savior. So yeah. he's going to fix everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of me – most of me was like – just thinking about the draft like hey just lose the rest of your games get lose yeah. yeah there's right? no point in winning a game but i don't know some there was like this small part of me and I, and I don't think it was based in reason just emotion that just fucking wanted to win i like i got excited when we were starting brandon allen instead of uh finley i'm like oh i bet he's better and you know just wanted to see my hometown team do better but yeah. but Let's do a quick recap. So heading into the game against the Giants, we had the same number of losses, right? They were a bad team too. Um, And we've played them 10 times in our history. Can you guys guess how many times we've beat them? Nine. Out of 10? Nine. I love it. (laughs) Definitely not nine. It's fewer. (laughs) Oh, okay. Dang. No, they never beat us in Cincinnati. I'll say six. Nailed it. Nailed it six times. We beat them by the greatest margin in 2012, which is the last time we played them. It was at Paul Brown Stadium, 31 to 13. November 11th, Dalton threw four touchdowns to four different receivers. Mohamed Sanu, A.J. Green, Andrew Hawkins, and Jermaine Gresham. But anyway, back to Sunday. First quarter, they drove it down our throats and scored pretty much right away. We scored on a kick return TD right after. And then we looked decent on our next few offensive and defensive drives. Like we were holding them at bay and we were making some things happen. Second quarter, Von Bell had that strip and a fumble recovery, which led to a field goal for us. So we're in the lead. We actually, um, 
had the lead. I know a lot of people were shocked. Folks were texting like, well, we might actually win this. Then the Giants got a field goal. Third quarter, Giants got another field goal. Fourth quarter, Drew Sample had a fumble. We had a interception, which I don't think Brandon Allen could be faulted for. It was like a deflection. Giants got two field goals. Bengals actually came back and got a touchdown pass to ruin <laughs> Katz's chance of making any money. And then we had a fumble to end the game when we actually had time on the clock and timeouts and could have possibly won it. So the final was 19 to 17. The Bengals had 155 yards of total offense in this game. Ford, are you surprised by that statistic? 155 total yards. I was surprised about the game because I honestly kept thinking that the guy, what's his name? Who was our quarterback? Allen. Allen. I thought he was protecting the ball pretty good. I don't know. I, just, I guess he just wasn't throwing it deep because he can't maybe. And we, oh, that's right. And all the yards that we did get came on that, 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 that punt return, a kickoff. Return. Guess how many times he was sacked? Zero. One. Two. How many times was he hit? I don't have that stat in front of me. I saw him get like lit up in one of the highlights I watched, and I was like, Ryan Finley's going to be the quarterback again in like two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Allen's definitely better uh-huh. than Finley. Obviously, we could take yeah. one takeaway. I didn't watch the game, and I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bad bangles in our blood. We just know it. We feel it. Uh, Slim Rick, if, if you could, um, if you could sell two players, maximum of two, coming up next off season, whenever the you know the free agency opens up again, who would you sell? I guess Geno Atkins and AJ Green because you're not even using Geno Atkins, really, but on third downs. If you're mm. going to use them, keep them. Mm. But if you're not going to use them, get rid of them. A.J. Green, obviously, it's over. I mean, it's just – we can't get rid of him, though, can we? Well, you know, he's, like, on a franchise tag right now, which means yeah. just don't have to sign it next year. Yeah, okay. And Wait, I don't what know does that mean? John Ross. Uh, for those of us who don't understand franchise tags uh, – It's like a – you can kind of string players along and not let them enter free agency by just tagging them for like one year at a time. Okay. So we basically just, his contract ended last year and then we put him under franchise tag, which is, you know, this thing where you can just hold on to him for one year. Okay. So we could get rid of him in this off season though, if we wanted to, if we had a yeah, buyer, we, we could sell to, You just don't have to sign him. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so he's a free agent. If we're going to trade, we need to have done it before the trade deadline, which already passed, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think he had much value at the trade deadline. No, he definitely did not. Yeah. <laughs> Last year was the time. Yeah. While he was on the pine or in the training room, where was he? He wasn't playing last year, was he? No, he did not play. Last year. He was on the pine. Ford, what about you? Who, who would you sell? That's what I was going to say is AJ. It just seems like his career is done in, this, in Cincinnati. Well, what about Atkins, though? Slim Rick with a controversial you know? uh, get rid of Geno Atkins. That's, I don't think that's controversial. I think he's pretty old at this point. He's, how old do you think he is? Uh, I think Geno Atkins is 28. Not a chance. No? I mean, he's 31. Are you kidding me? Wow. All right, come on, look it up. Big difference between 28 and 31 if I'm right. That's... Born in 88, so he's like 32, 32. Oh, my God. He's a geezer. Oh, get him out of here. Yeah, he's he's unfortunately 
I think his best days are behind him. Well, but is that a smart sell? Are we going to get enough money? Like, who, who could we sell, get some good money, and you know, buy some good free agents with? In or the fantasy free- world where Mike Brown works like this and does things yeah. like this, right? In the fantasy world where this is <laughs> going to happen, we've got a you know a savvy general manager at our club or whatever. Like, who, who do we? I sell don't think to- they even have phones to work. Like they probably have one like rotary phone in Mike Brown's office and he doesn't have any of the other teams. <laughs> On draft day, they're like making trades. He's like, ah, oh, God, where, where'd I put that Houston Oilers number? I, I want to get them on the line. <laughs> yeah, probably. But put me through to Al Lerner. Yeah. Operator. All right. Well, um, He's got a yellow book for every city. <laughs> <laughs> All right. MetLife Stadium. I know it's in here somewhere. Who they, who they got? <laughs> who who can I get through to? If we ever, like, when was the last time we traded anyone besides, I guess, Dunlap, but like, because that was forced it. Carson Palmer was the last one before that. He forced and it. The and he forced it too. Yeah. I got people honest. who were like, I'm going to destroy this team if you don't trade me. And then they got traded. That's it. I am. Um, I, I'm happy for Carlos. Um, you know, that article came out uh, with him and Pete Carroll kind of bashing the Bengals culture. And a lot of Bengals fans are probably like, Oh, fuck those guys. But you know I agree what? with them. They're, they're totally right. You know, I, yeah. I hate to say it. Look, I, I want the Bengals to win. I want them to be good, but the front office is terrible. There's a culture problem. It's why we always lose. Um, it's, it's not like Dunlap has been like a malcontent his whole career. He's been like a model citizen player. Like for him to actually speak up means something was really wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like that's not really, you know, he's like the citizen of the year or whatever in the NFL. So, yeah, he was a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award finalist at one point. Um, I believe his like online handle was employee nine ninety six at one point. You know, like that that says team player to me, right? Yeah, something obviously is very, very broken. Even more broken than usual somehow. <laughs> but isn't the most consistent thing just brown? I mean, isn't that obvious that it's I mean <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely Mike Brown without a doubt. Um which is like a broken record like for everyone in Cincinnati. It's just like our entire lives has just been like the Bengals aren't going to be good till fucking Mike Brown dies. At least I've heard that nonstop my entire life. I think it might have already been passed on to his daughter and her yes. husband at this point, though. So now uh, they have. Is that official? Well, I just mean like they they don't seem to be changing the culture at all. If they yeah. win the vote, I don't know how many of you agree with me on this, but if I could do one thing to fix the Bengals organization, it, it actually wouldn't be get rid of Mike Brown or Katie Blackburn or her husband or whatever. It'd be install a general manager. And and I wish that Marvin Lewis would have been installed as general manager. I think he would have excelled in that role, but we just we have this tight pocketed ownership. They don't want to spend any money. They don't want to frankly do anything. And then well, what, coaches what with limited Duke resources. Tobin? Is Duke Tobin is he like a, he acts kind of like a general manager, but he's not, or I don't understand. I do think he's know? a full time employee. <laughs> he he can't like around the draft. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I got to look him up. You got me curious. 
I'm pretty sure Mike Brown used to pay himself the GM salary. I don't think he actually pays it, anyone to do it. Wait, so is it like mandated by the NFL that there is that there's a GM I salary? Think, I don't think the Cowboys have one either. I think Jerry Jones is like the GM there. Wow. That doesn't work for them either, though. Okay, he's the current director of player personnel for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. That sounds like a poor man's general manager, if I'm if I'm honest. I think he just helps them scout for the draft. I don't think he really does much in season. Yeah. He scouted John Ross. <laughs> scouted the shit out of him. Wah, wah. Man. <laughs> Ford, I want you to give you a chance to defend John Ross. I know how much you love him. I would say that John Ross, as soon as he gets to a different team, will probably be good. I, if he goes to New England, he's going to be a pro bowler in two seasons. <laughs> or, like, put him on the Chiefs, and then he's like Tyreek Hill. No way, dude. He can't catch anything, so he's not clutch either. <laughs> but, man, he's fast, right? <laughs> He's really fast. If you're if you're open enough, <laughs> I watched Tyree Kill play the other day. Like he just got another level to him that John Ross is not even sniffing. You know, I mean, proper coaching might change that though. I, I think there's something to be said for that. Like especially with the hands. Like I think so much of that has to do with emotion and confidence. Like, <clears throat> okay, I just beat my man. I'm in an open field. Here's a ball coming. Am I confident I'm going to catch it? Or, or am I not, or am I looking over my shoulder or you know, am I nervous about my performance because I don't know if the coach likes me, you know, all those things are going through a player's head in that moment. So I, I think it could be solved. I totally agree. If he goes to the Patriots, he'll be a pro bowler. Like, I, I think that's what the deal is with him. But since we don't have all of those things, then yeah. yeah. You know, have you guys ever seen Bull Durham? John Ross needs a Susan Sarandon to build his confidence. <laughs> An older woman. <laughs> To teach him how to be a confident athlete like Tim Robbins had. I can almost guarantee Mike Brown said something similar, probably. <laughs> he probably he's like, you should, my, my daughter's an older woman. How many daughters does he have? Just the we one. Might, we might be onto something here. Do you think she ever hooked up with one of the players? Katie Blackburn? I feel like definitely no, but I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> Trying to think who would be the most likely player that that would happen. And you can't say a kicker. Maybe. Yeah. My, Sugar Shane. You said Shane Graham. You can't say a kicker. Can't say a kicker. Okay, well, it's got to be Finley then, right? Kitna. Oh, come Shane on. Graham. Kitna's not cheating on his wife. You know, those men of God sometimes have the most skeletons. Yeah, come on, like, like Josh Hamilton. John Kitna and Katie, what's her last name? <laughs> Blackburn. Blackburn. They hooked up. Probably. No, not yet. I heard it here did. first. I, I think I heard they did. You heard it here first. I think I heard it. That is well, fucked well, you, up. You, both of them. They're you both cut, You cut Kitna's nephew's hair, right? I mean, was is that the guy that, that leaked it to Oh, yeah. He told me. He was just like, oh, man. Um, he, my uncle just hooks up with uh, my Brown's daughter all the time. They have an open, they, Both of their marriages are open, and they have like crazy um, – you know, orgies after uh, on Mondays after the games. Wow! In the locker room? No, at their house in like Indian Hill or something. Mm, mm. Kitna's the pastor at a swingers church. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You heard it here first on the Wounded Tiger. Kitna skeletons in the closet. They're out now.
Fellas, it's time to play Who Am I? A one-time pro bowler. I played for seven different teams in my career, including the Bengals, Eagles, Jets, Bears, Ravens, Cardinals, and Saints. I threw 134 touchdowns in my 13-year career, which also included 16 game-winning drives. Jeff Blake? There it is. That's Jeff Blake. You played on that many teams. Wow, good job. Good guess. Yeah, my, my last two clues were dead giveaways, so I'm glad you got it there. I wore number eight for the Bengals, and my initials are JB. <laughs> All right, that one goes to Cats. Next, I was born in Dayton, Ohio, but attended high school in Florida. I went on to play for the Gators at Chris the University Collinsworth. of Florida. Oh, oh, nice. Slim Ricky with the early heat. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Chris Collinsworth was the answer. He was drafted in 1981 by the Cincinnati Bengals. He was drafted in the second round, played his entire eight-year career at the Bengals, caught 36 touchdowns in those eight years, with the most coming uh, in 1986 when he caught 10. Three-time Pro Bowler, wore number 80 for the Bengals. So, Cats with a point, Slim Ricky with a point. Ford, can you force the tiebreaker? Are you going to let one of these guys get it? Jumping off because of the internet. Oh, that's a shame. That's yeah, a shame. Who, who was the answer to the second one? What was the answer to the second Chris one? Chris Collinsworth. Was it, who? Ah. Jeff Blake was the first okay. one. Chris Collinsworth was the second. Gotcha. I'm going to go ahead and write you off for this, uh, <laughs> for this edition <laughs> of Who Am I, given your internet problems. All right. I wore number 42 my entire six-year NFL career. I played with the Bengals two years, scoring 13 rushing touchdowns. After playing for the Indiana University Hoosiers for two years, I then went to Mississippi for two years. I was an undrafted free agent in 2008. I played in one Super Bowl and lost it to the New York Giants. My nickname was The Law Firm. Connor, Achani, and Levy? No, what was his name? Like Maislin. Was he the dude before Rex Burkhead? The white guy before Rex Burkhead? Oh. He wasn't white. He was was like, he played for the Patriots. He has like a hyphenated last name. He was good. Should I run through the clues again? I can't. No. I don't know how to initialize his first name. It's either a B or a BJ. And then G E. I don't know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Jarvis Green Ellis. There it is. Green Ellis. Ah, oh, good job. Kitty cats came through Bengals? for the win. <laughs> you didn't know he played for the Bengals? That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do the tiebreaker just for fun. Um, but cats, you do have the trophy for this one. Whoever guesses first and closest wins this one. In 27 games as a head coach, how many career wins does Zach Taylor have? Two. Four. 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 <laughs> nice one, cats. <laughs> oh man, I'm proud to call him my head coach. Hey, does 
uh, does he have less? I saw a stat that he has less wins this many games into his coaching career than uh, was it Dan Shula? Dave. Mm. Dave Shula. Yeah. Yep. I believe bad. That's bad. For those who don't know their history, (laughs) that is terrible. Um, Yeah. You know, I I think some folks, I don't know if any of you want to come to Taylor's defense uh, right now, but for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm totally done with him. And it's not just because he only has four wins in two years, but it's mostly because he only has four wins in two years. And I get that he lost Burrow to injury, but that was 10 games into the season. And I get that the Bengals are a tough franchise to, to be working for, but <sighs> Marvin Lewis did it. He at least got us to the playoffs a bunch of times. Yeah. Marvin was the exception to the rule. Mike Brown only hires bad coaches and Marvin was just, like the exception to it. Yeah. Would you take Marvin Lewis back right now? I would take him back. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. To finish out this season or like to be going into the next season? I would just take him, take him into next year because what's going to happen? You're going to come out. I mean, the offense, I mean, Joe Burrow is so good. Like he had you in all those games. He's going to win. Say you come out and you win like three out of the first four games or something. You're like three and four, three and one. Your team is still trash, probably. Because if he goes down, you're going to lose the rest of your games. I, I think our only hope is is to get a coach who's going to attract good players. And I think Marvin used to do that. I don't know that 2020 Marvin does that. I, yeah. I think we need someone who's kind of like a big name where at least one or two free agents is going to say, yeah, I, I want to play for that guy's team. I, I want to yeah. play alongside Joe Eric's Burrow. Enemy. You think enemy's that guy? I mean, as a as a diehard Bengals fan, I, I love enemy, but does he attract that talent? Oh, I mean, we're never going to sign good free agents. That's I just don't think that's in the cards. They don't want to play for the Mike Brown. But the enemy might actually be a good coach, and then winning might attract better free agents than what we usually get. Yeah. We ain't getting marquee free agents, but we might get, like, solid players, like what Marvin got for his, you know, 2005 to 2012 sort of era. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess for me, I just don't have the patience to build completely through the draft. I think we have to have some free agents this offseason in order to yeah. have a chance at the playoffs next year. And if we're not sniffing at the playoffs next year with, with Burrow, with the caliber that we have at quarterback, then I don't know. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions at that point too. I mean, do you think Burrow's even back by the start of the year? Yeah. Did, did he miss the first th- month? Two months. I think he'll be back. Let, let me just share, guys. I've had a ACL reconstruction. Okay, I, I, I've actually had it twice. You know, I, I've gone through this. I, I know the deal. Um, you're bending your knee a lot, then you start hopping and, and crisscrossing on the on the ladder on the floor. All together, that's maybe four months, and then then you get into it. Uh, no, my MCL is good. And other structural damage. Like the entire knee? Like bones just loose in his body? Yeah, but we're comparing amateur podcast guy to professional uh, football player. You know, it's a little, little apples and oranges, right? Look, he's Superman, right? Burrow's going to be back. He's going to be playing. Yeah, he's fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. John Carter, he was going to be fine. 
Jeff Blake, <laughs> David Klingler, Joe Mixon, uh, Carson Palmer. All these guys were going to be fine. Yeah, uh, everything's fine. It's fine. Just <laughs> give us money and just come up next season. And just pay us and just you know keep watching. Who cares? It's fine. Well, did you guys hear this quote? Um, there was an article on Cincy Jungle uh, called titled "Joe Burrow Showcasing Ridiculous Pain Tolerance in Early Rehab Sessions." It's propaganda. Uh, this is Bengals propaganda. You're reading. Yes. Perhaps, uh, but the trainer uh, <laughs> Nick Cosgrave was quoted as saying, "That guy's a beast. That's insane. His pain tolerance has to be ridiculous for that." I mean, those Wait, are those are Nick Cosgrave. Yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Burrow could take like wow. just have like diarrhea one day, and they would find a way to like say it's like amazing. <laughs> he, you won't believe in the way he had diarrhea. He only did like one wipe, and he was done. Like that was it. He didn't have to wipe twice. He just did it once. It was uh, unbelievable. He is a su- that's a Super Bowl diarrhea right there. <laughs> that's how you have diarrhea. If yeah. you're a Super Bowl champ, yeah, that's how you do it. I think uh, Jeff Hobson wrote an article recently that said Burrow would, might be back this year. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I honestly heard. I honestly heard he was going to be back for um, Steelers uh, for the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope you're right. Bengals.com saying. I, I pray that Hobson's right and you guys are quoting him accurately. <laughs> well, let's get some real news. Um, for the third straight game, the Bengals were without multiple defensive assistants uh, for COVID related reasons. Uh, Nick Eason, the defensive line coach, cornerbacks coach Steven Jackson didn't attend Sunday. Um, and Gerald Chapman filled in for Eason. Lou Anarumo filled in for the cornerbacks coach. I don't, I don't know what that means exactly uh, during the game. Um, but anyway, like, where do you think these guys are? Where Where are Eason and Jackson? Are they somewhere like on the phone where they can like call their cornerbacks and say, hey, wrong read on that play. Um, make sure you push them towards the outside. Are they in the stadium somewhere on the headphones? Or are they just, they're just, they're nowhere. I mean, I think they're yeah. nowhere. You think they're nowhere? You think they're in the I think, I think they're at home watching, yelling, yet screaming tackle mm-hmm. at the TV. <laughs> tackle them! Tackle them! So they're doing the same thing I was doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're all taking turns using Mike Brown's rotary phone to try and call them. <laughs> By sending smoke signals. Put me through to Anna Rumo. I've got a hot read on Daniel James. Where did we find these guys? Where did Anna Rumo come from? I'd love to know the he's, answer to that. He's like, was he friends with Zach Taylor also? I've just never heard of him before this year. Me neither. I'm guessing when he is inevitably fired, no, you will not hear from him again because he's not going to get another <laughs> fucking job. Another defensive coordinator job. Yeah. How hard could... Serious question. How hard could it be to assemble a, a good three-pronged coaching attack, a head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Like, how hard could it really be? It's really hard when Mike Brown's only like, here's $400,000, you got to split it three ways. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even so, even even with the cheapskates, can't you get someone who's willing to prove themselves? I mean, maybe that's what we did with Taylor, and and it turns out he was a bust, but Smart coaches know that this is a graveyard. If they take this chance, they might get not get another one. Yeah, that's true. 
astute observation, Kat. So that's why we have you. Then what's his name? Was he interviewed for one of the positions? Uh, he used to be the head coach of the Raiders. Gruden? Um, no, 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 not Gruden. He used to be the head coach of the Raiders. Oh, oh, Gruden's the coach now. Yeah, yeah. Mm, sorry. Like Bill Callahan or something? I can't remember his name. Yeah, I think he's the defensive coordinator for the Redskins right now. Oh, Del Rio. Del Rio. Oh, Jack, Jack Del, Del Rio. Rio. He interviewed yeah, he for the like, coaching job? He interviewed for one of the jobs and apparently was either denied or turned it down or something because he's like a smart guy with experience. He probably was just like, I'm not going to fucking fuck this. I'm not going to work for Zach Taylor. Or he's like, how much am I going to get paid? And they're like, here's the amount. And he's like, oh, I was expecting like three times that much. Yeah. You know. Well, but hold the phone right NFL there. Hold the phone right there. Cost of living in Cincinnati is way less than the Washington, <laughs> D.C. area. Are okay. you defending Mike Brown being yeah, a cheapskate? Listen to this guy. Living town? I don't think there's a problem with being profitable. Uh, if that's you're like the first owner. thing out of that's the first thing out of uh, Mike Brown's mouth with every negotiation. Listen, cost of living in Cincinnati is nothing. You can get a gallon of milk for one twenty nine. Let me tell you how much a gallon of milk is. Let me tell you how much eggs are. Okay. Now, do you think you need an extra five million dollars? No, you don't. You don't because eggs are so cheap here. Give him a box of busking cookies. Maybe that's why he doesn't like provide towels and shit in the locker room. I think that's been changed. But yeah, that was when did they start providing towels? Like after Corey Dillon humiliated him and bought towels for everybody or something? What's the story? <laughs> something like that. God, Bengals fans are so damaged. All of us. We're all just ruined people. More or less. We're like, or, we're all, we're all like, we grew up in an orphanage or something. I don't know. Like in a Russian orphanage, we all have the, our, the back of our heads are flat because no one ever held us. <laughs> we're all like borderline sociopaths just because of the way we were raised. It's true. It's, it's weird because like, I, I don't know, Ford, you and I have talked about this a lot before. Like just wondering what it would be like to root for a winning team. Like I, I, don't, I don't even know if I'd be comfortable doing it or, or enjoy it. You know, like it'd be nice to know, like, what if we had another sports team in this town that was a perennial winner? Well, I guess we do with the Cincinnati Cyclones, and and I couldn't care less about what the Cyclones are doing. Frankly, <laughs> Cyclones, dude, the Cincinnati Silverbacks were great, dude. Don't forget about them; they were awesome. That uh, indoor soccer league in the nineties, they crushed it. Did they? Were they dominant? I don't know. <laughs> They played. They won. Talking about the uh, what's it called, the Kelly Cup. <laughs> yeah, the Kelly Cup lives in Cincinnati. For those who don't know, I mean, it's here. Yeah. Uh, what's the Kelly Cup? It's what the Cyclones <laughs> win every year. Uh, the IHL, yeah, Cup. Stanley Cup Junior. You know, what you think they won it every year? I think they've only won it like twice. <laughs> that's how little note. That's how much anybody cares about it. It's like, yeah, they win it every year. They won it like twice, 10 years ago. It's like, yeah, they win every year. <laughs> well, we, but we win like the, the league's uh, best uh, record award every other okay, year. I don't, I don't know. Right? I don't pay attention. We're getting, if it's deep. not dollar beer night. I'm not there. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, back to that COVID issue with those coaches being out, it could be worse that uh, you guys probably heard um, that the Broncos, and I don't even know who they started. They were talking about starting their running back 
or a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback uh, because Drew Lockett, Brett Ripping, and Blake Bortles were all forced to quarantine after Jeff Driscoll's positive COVID-19 test. I don't know who Driscoll is, someone in the Broncos organization, I guess. He's another quarterback. Okay, okay. He used so to be a Bengals quarterback. Who did, who did they start? They started Kendall Hinton, who is the wide receiver. wide receiver on the practice squad. Wow. And I'm assuming they got their asses whooped by the Saints? It did not go well for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to remind you that when you think it couldn't be worse, just take a look at the Broncos. You, you think it's bad? I'm sure, it might have been more just entertaining to see some guy back there that like really couldn't play as opposed to having just really, really subpar milk toast quarterbacks. I, I, I want to say Brandon Allen has potential. <laughs> <laughs> I know the 155 yards of total offense might be deceiving. First, the Giants. Uh, the Giants are a tough defense. <laughs> That's a good team. Yeah. They've been dominant in the NFC East this year, shutting down everybody. They're in first place. Hey. hey, hey. They're close to the top. I think after every NFC East team plays the Bengals, they then go into first place in NFC yeah. East. <laughs> so so far, fair. that rings true. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see how the rest of it. All right. So I've got some opinion I want to share. Um, user Chiron Clad on Reddit says Harbaugh for coach. So with Michigan losing, I had figured this is the last year that Harbaugh will be at Michigan. Do you think he'd be a good fit with Joe Burrow? He would bring in some energy to this team. What do you guys what do you guys think of what Kyronclad's putting out there? He would be better than Zach Taylor. Would, yeah, I agree. He'd be better than Zach Taylor. I don't necessarily want him to be the head coach, but yeah, I'd I'd be happy that we had him. Wasn't he good in the NFL? He just yes. left to Michigan. That might be it, yeah. He was good with the 49ers. Very good. That was with Kaepernick, right? When Kaepernick was like in yep. his prime. Yeah. And his big problem with Michigan is that he just hasn't been able to find a quarterback. So if you hand him a good quarterback, he might like be a good coach. How do you not get a good quarterback if you're at Michigan? Like, how do you not just recruit? There's got to be some guy that's awesome. They're not as much of a powerhouse recruiting program as you think. You're talking to a Buckeye here. Uh, a big old Buckeye. The reason Ohio State cast. beats them every year is because they don't get as good of players as everyone thinks they do. Academic requirements are too high. <laughs> and it's super far north. Like a lot of, you know, Florida and southeastern high school players don't want to go up there. Fair point. They got Not where they can know. go to Columbus. We pay better. <laughs> Beautiful. Obviously, that's another thing. They might not pay as well as we do. Uh, <laughs> they got to work on that boosters program. Could get those alumni. Something. This guy, uh, Mark Figley from Lima, Ohio, wrote an open letter to the uh, LimaOhio.com publication. And they published it? Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, he is just ripping into Mike Brown. Um, he compares him to his father, Paul Brown, who. I mean, he's almost like the John Wooden of the NFL, right? Like, like Paul Brown is one of the most iconic people in NFL history, revolutionized the game in so many ways, brought the franchise to Cincinnati, brought a successful franchise to Cincinnati, kept it successful. And then it's just so crazy how 
Paul Brown's death and Mike Brown taking over just line up completely with when the Bengals were a great franchise and when they were a poor one. So um, check that out if you haven't. Uh, I'll send a link in, in our group chat. But um, these are the kinds of things that people need to be saying. We, we got to get this out there. If for nothing else, then the process of healing so that everybody knows. We're not just uh, a bad luck team. We have an owner who doesn't want to win, doesn't prioritize it. Do you know um, what the what the my conspiracy theory is about it? Let's hear it. Oh. Uh, I think the last playoff game we won was against Bo Jackson, and we broke his hip, and then we've never won a playoff game since. So I think he cursed us. That's a curse. Mm. The that curse of Bo's hip. Yeah. You know what? But I think we also hurt OJ Simpson too. So I think that was like that like fixed the curse. Okay. And then somehow the Steelers took up our mantle and started hurting all our players. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Three of the next five games are at home. How many do we win? Zero. Hopefully zero. I'm, I'm, if they won one game, I'm going to be so mad. Where are they right now? Are they in third for a draft pick? Third's a good draft pick. Let's just stay there. Let's stay there and not trade it. Don't try to get cute. Just take that offensive lineman from Oregon. They say he's once in a generation talent. Just take him. Fire Zach Taylor tomorrow. And uh, no, no, you got to let him run out the end of the season so we lose all those games. That's true. Let him let him finish the season and just go. You know what? Get the fuck out. You first of all, that dude has no, zero. He, have you looked at his interviews? This man does not have lips. <laughs> He doesn't have lips. Look at a picture of him. Can't not trust once a man with no lips. lips on his face. No, it's what? true. You can't trust a man with no lips. I, I'm with you on this. Is he even a person? It's like, uh, I don't know what's going on. I just know he doesn't have any lips. Looks reptilian. I don't think I've ever seen him without a mask on. He's got like, <laughs> he's got a 10-year plan for the Bengals. And we'll, we'll, we'll go 8-8 eight eight in 10 years if everything's as, as planned. So everyone <laughs> just needs to, you know, the guys in the locker room, they're... They like the plan and everything's okay. So don't worry about it. They're, everyone's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Are they bought in I hate to the 10 year plan? What? <laughs> Do you think the players are bought into the 10 year plan? They're bought in. According to Zach Taylor, yeah, they bought into his 10 year plan. I, I want to give you all the chance to be Nostradamus right here. Five years from now, where is Zach Taylor working? Mm. In AutoZone. <laughs> oh. Hey, he has a family. No, I, I think he's That's quarterback's coach at, at some, you know, University of Louisville or something. He'll find a college job, right? He could get back onto Tuberville's campaign staff, maybe. <laughs> F that. Did, did Tuberville win? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. But he might just leave that Senate job in the middle of the night and go, you know, he might leave and get some other job. Like he is wont to do. He'll find out there's a job that you can do actually less work other than senator, and he'll go and take that. Yeah. Mike Brown will hire him as head coach of the Bengals. Zach Taylor's only 36. Yeah, he's young. I'm older than Zach Taylor. He has failed upward very fast. Mm. That's crazy, dude. Damn. So we got the Dolphins next in Miami, Cowboys at home, Steelers at home. We're at the Texans after that. And then we host the Ravens in 2021 for our final game of the season. I, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to win one of those games. 
Uh, I'm with you guys. I don't think it's the right thing to do as far as the future of the organization. I think we need that highest draft pack draft pick we could get. But I don't know. Something tells me they'll they'll just slip up and win one. Nah, you're not buying it. You don't. <laughs> Who's you don't the think last we have game? The last game's against the Ravens. They don't have a quarterback. Well, like you said, they only had 150 yards total, and that like was with that garbage time drive that was probably like 60 of those yards. Uh, I'll forgive you because you, you didn't. I know you didn't see the entire game, Kitty Cats, but um, Brandon <laughs> Allen has some talent. Okay. Yeah, if they can rally around him, if we can listen, wear the listen. color rush jerseys every week too, I think that has something to do with it. <laughs> we had like 70 yards passing before that last drive. 70 yards. Yeah, they're, they're trash. Brandon Allen's trash. Uh, the, you do mention an interesting thing when you mentioned the jerseys though, because I think it is, it is very important that they change their jerseys as soon as they possibly can. To what? I don't know. Just change them. Put the old 80s jerseys on every week. Yes. Who cares? The old 80s are just change. They need to. They need to rebrand. For crying out loud, they're a business. They need to rebrand. The, the last time they rebranded was when Marvin Lewis joined, right? When we drafted. Yeah, Palmer, so they need to do another rebrand. Get rid of Zach Taylor in 17 years. Get mm. yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, no, you you haven't seen the last of Ryan Finley in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's my Nostradamus <laughs> prediction. Got a little quarterback competition heating up here. I don't think yeah. Finley cuts the mustard. I don't think he does either, but I'm telling you, you haven't seen the last one. He's going to start a couple more games this season. I got to say, he looked like – he looked dejected on the bench. He's terrible. He's the worst NFL quarterback that's ever been on the field. <laughs> but How do you imagine he's feeling? Like, you're the backup, and you get benched even though you're healthy for a practice but, squad guy. Like mm-hmm. – Bad. You didn't even play a game. You didn't get to start a game. <laughs> didn't even get to start a game, and he's the backup. I think you, I'm telling you, he's going to end up starting because Brandon Allen is going to get hurt. It's going to happen. If it happened to Joe Burrow, you don't think it's going to happen to this guy? That's true. He's got five games. Happen, right? Who do we play next week? Dolphins. 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 Are gonna I think Ryan Finley is part of that ten-year plan. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Wounded Tiger. Heal well, Joey B. Keep up the great work, Jeff Hobson. Dolphins, we are coming for you. Who day? Who day? Who day? No, 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 no. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. Don't come near me. No, no. I thought of leaving. I want a kid. I want the world. I want the all. I want to live. Got a grievance, she want the kid She want the kid, she want the guy, she want the crib I gotta admit it might be about that But my moves need to be about that Body pulling me to feel you, you Try to leave but I still don't go Even if I wanted to, i come back around Even if I wanted to, i come back and We just go around, baby Bang, bang, boom, all right Oh, you got me feeling like boomerang
to pretend I know. I got no need to pretend I. I got no need to pretend I know. She want the kiss, she want the guy, she want the crib. I might admit it might be about that. But my moves need to be about that. Body pulling me to view yo yo. Try to leave, but I still don't go. Even if I wanted to, I come back on. Even if I wanted to. I come back and we just go around, baby. Bang bang, boomerang. Do you love or hate me now, baby? Bang bang, boomerang. I can't believe it all began with the joke and champagne. I really never cared about it. If you planting, I'm planting. Oh, you got me feeling like boomerang. Feeling like boomerang, boomerang, boomerang. 